Hey babes, welcome back to another episode of the Radiate with Rita podcast, your women's health and wellness podcast. I put up a question box on my Instagram story a few weeks ago asking my followers what they wanted to hear about next on my podcast after Endometriosis Awareness Month, and several different babes wanted to hear more about my acne healing journey. And before I continue, I do want to make it clear that I am still in a place where I'm working on healing my skin. It is not in a place where it's perfect, and I don't know if it will ever get to that place and honestly I am not really ever striving for perfection but it is in a much better spot than it was previously. So I've never really been somebody that struggled with severe cystic acne or anything like that. I mean, I just remember having a little bit of acne or pimples in my teens, but I was honestly on hormonal birth control from the age of like 18 up until about 28 or 29. So I was on birth control for a while. And during this time, I didn't really have major breakouts or anything like that. However, I will say that the last form of birth control I was on was the Mirena IUD. And if you know anything about hormonal birth control and you know anything about the different types, the Mirena IUD is one that is a higher androgen index birth control. So there's a low androgen index birth control and high androgen index birth control. And I'm not going to go into too much detail about that today. I'm going to save that for a future episode where I dive into birth control in more detail. But high androgen birth controls tend to contain higher amounts of androgens. And I know you're thinking, wait a minute, there's androgens in my birth control. But I do want to note that the progestin that's in hormonal birth control that we think is progesterone is actually much closer in structure to testosterone than progesterone. So the Mirena IUD specifically is a little bit higher in androgens. And for some women, it can cause things like acne, hair loss, a little bit of weight gain, that kind of thing. I had some mild acne while I was on the IUD, but it was just like a couple cysts, right? I would get some like maybe on my chin or maybe like on my forehead, but it was never to the point where it was like all over my face. So as I got close to the end of the five-year mark with the Mirena, because typically those are good for about five to seven years, I started to get androgenic acne on my chin. It was just a bunch of acne localized to my chin, my jaw, and it was just in a bunch of clusters. So I attributed that to the hormones kind of fading off, my body <laughs> starting to freak out a little bit because it had been getting in those constant, you know, you know, daily influx of hormones for the last however many years. So I eventually got the IUD out thinking this would help. Um, I ended up having a Dutch test done to kind of look at my hormones because about five or six months after getting the IUD out, I was still having a little bit of acne. From that Dutch test, we were able to pinpoint that I had estrogen dominance and low progesterone, um, and I was not detoxing estrogen very well, which was a good sign that we needed to look at my gut microbiome. So I ended up getting a GI map, which revealed some H. pylori and some SIBO at the time. And we, the practitioner I was working with, had me start taking some antimicrobials to work to treat these bacterial infections. So we started doing that, and y'all, this is when my acne got in freaking sane, okay? I went from having just a couple of cysts on my chin in a cluster to literally having cystic acne all over my face, on my forehead, around my eyebrows, all over my cheeks, like literally deeply embedded all the way down my jaw, around my ears. Like it was very evident <laughs> that something we were doing was definitely not agreeing well with my body. But it was so wild to me because my digestion had improved. Like having SIBO, I was bloated all the time. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen my posts 
of me like super bloated and how tremendously bloated I was. I actually had a friend reach out and she thought I was pregnant and I was like, no girl, like that was just how bloated I was like on the regular. And that was literally all due to SIBO. So my digestion had improved, but my skin was just getting worse. And the practitioner I was working with literally had no idea what to do with me. She was like, you should be getting better. Your skin should not be getting worse. But I will say that this particular practitioner did not take the time to prioritize detox and drainage. And if you're somebody that understands the importance of detox and drainage, then you will understand that if your liver and your lymphatic system is not detoxing and draining in the way that you're supposed to, your skin can kind of take the brunt and start to perform detox itself. So I was essentially detoxing through my skin. So like I said, at this point in time, this practitioner did not really understand that concept. There was no mention of me taking the time to prioritize detoxing and draining prior to treating my gut infections. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't think that that served me very well, especially with having estrogen dominance, which very well did come down to me having a congested liver. But also at that point in time, we did not know that I was suffering with mold illness as well. So I literally tried everything under the sun, you guys every topical you can think of. I went to the doctor and she was like, oh, you're just somebody that has acne. Here's some antibiotics. Here's some retinol. Nothing helped. I mean, I when I say I tried everything possible short of Accutane and Spironolactone, I tried everything. And I know some people will go about these routes when it comes to treating their acne. But for me personally, I wanted to get to the root of what was driving my acne. And when you take these medications, you're not doing that. You're literally putting a Band-Aid on your symptoms, right? One important thing to keep in mind is that acne is a symptom. It's a warning sign, right? You know, a lot of people think acne is inflammation, but it's the inflammation in your body that's causing acne, which is giving you that warning sign, letting you know that something is off. And I did not want to just turn off that symptom. I wanted to completely get to a place where I was stopping it at the root um, by first addressing what was driving it in the first place. But while I was super persistent to get answers and was super patient, right? Like I could have totally taken the quick and easy route. I could have taken the spironolactone. I could have taken the Accutane, which I guess technically really isn't a quick route because I know for some people it can take up to six to eight months for their skin to start improving with Accutane. I was super defeated, you guys. Every single day I would look in the mirror and I just literally felt so shattered. Like my self-confidence was non-existent. I literally would just cry all the time. I remember going to the gym and literally just putting so much makeup on my face to cover my acne. And when I started working with an esthetician, she told me to stop doing that and I could not handle that. The first time I went to the gym with no makeup on, with all the cystic acne I was having, I straight up was working out, I was doing curls, I looked up in the mirror and I started crying. And I just left the gym because I could not do it. And before that, I had, like I said, I was never somebody that had struggled with acne. So it was just all too much for me on top of all the stress I was experiencing in my everyday life with my super draining job that I was working at the time. And I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And, you know, I... I got to a place where I was like, okay, this is it. I cannot spend any more money on topicals. Yes, my skin is getting a little bit better, you know, by working with my esthetician, but there was really only so much we could do from a topical standpoint. Every time I would ovulate, my skin would hit the fan. Every time I would eat my trigger foods. And at this point in time, literally almost everything I ate gave me acne. Any kind of artificial sweetener, even stevia would literally give me acne, guys. 
eggs, dairy, um, just so many different foods that I'm able to eat now with no issues, but it was just crazy. And I was like, okay, this is it. I've had enough. So I don't really know how I came across my current practitioner's Instagram page. I literally think maybe I was like searching acne hashtags or something. I came across her page. I was looking at her testimonials. She was a nurse practitioner, um, somebody who used to work in conventional medicine and now works um, in the functional space and works to help women target the root of their acne. And I was like, okay, I want her. So I booked a consult call with her filled out this super like hefty, hefty questionnaire guys, literally asking me about every single thing. Like, you know, did I have, you know, any metal fillings in my mouth? Do I grind my teeth at night? Do I experience symptoms like, you know, rectal itching, which I know you're probably like, what? Like, why are you talking about this? But all of the information that I filled out on this form helped my practitioner gather what was going on with me. So after we had our first consult, after she went through my questionnaire, she was under the impression that I was struggling with intestinal parasites. So not only had I gotten treated for H. pylori and SIBO, but this practitioner, this new practitioner was telling me that I also had intestinal parasites. And I was like, how in the heck do I have these when they did not show up on the two GI maps that I had prior? And she told me that they really only show up on GI maps approximately 20% of the time because they're actually pretty smart critters. They can live in your organs, like your gallbladder, your liver, and their job is to go undetected and unnoticed, right? They're not just going to show up in your stool unless you're trying to get them to come out. Now there's different kinds of parasites. There's like the actual visible worms, um, which was kind of what I was passing. And then there's like microscopic ones. You're going to see more of those microscopic ones in people's stool versus the actual worms without provoking. So you know, just by like hearing all this, I mean, I instantly freaked out. I was like, what? There's worms inside me. But if you have a pulse, you have parasites. We all do. Now, it's a matter of whether or not these parasites are actually causing issues for you. Like if you're somebody that has an autoimmune disease, you have a chronic illness, you have major skin issues like rashes on your body, you know, eczema, psoriasis, you have acne all over your face, parasites can definitely be an issue. And I just want to say this is not medical advice. I'm not saying if you have acne or psoriasis or eczema that you definitely have parasites, but skin issues a lot of the times can come down to intestinal parasites. So we begun treatment for this and, you know, it was pretty brutal. My body was literally struggling so much with the symptoms of detox just simply because of the toxic burden in my body. At this point in time, we still did not know that I was struggling with mold illness. So we thought that it was just intestinal parasites and I was just a super sensitive person. Typically, like people can go through a parasite cleanse. Yes, they might have some symptoms, but they really should not be super, super, super intense and severe. Yes, some people can have pretty intense symptoms, but it really just comes down on your comes down to your ability to detox and drain well. For me, I was struggling with both of these things due to the mold, which we had not yet established. So I was super sensitive. I had crazy Herx reactions and Herx reactions are essentially detox reactions. So again, this can be relatively mild for most people, but for me, because of the fact that my toxic burden was so high, I was really struggling. I had headaches a lot. I was super dizzy. I was bloating a lot. Like I would have just like palpitations. I mean, I was having like classic Herc symptoms and histamine intolerance type symptoms. And I'd had these symptoms, you know, 
throughout the course of the last few years, but they were much more mild. And honestly, like I just attributed it all to endo. I didn't really think that I was having histamine issues or anything like that. But anyway, so, you know, at this point in time, when I was, you know, starting to go through this parasite journey, there was no visible mold in my apartment. And I do want to note that during this time, her clothes definitely did smell musty. Like I would leave my apartment and I could literally just smell the must on my clothes. My clothes just smelled super old and stale. And I was like, what in the world? So I actually did have my apartment people come check our apartment at some point. And they were like, oh, there's no visible black mold, which means you don't have any mold. So therefore we can't do anything. And at that point in time, it was probably about a year year and a half ago so definitely a little while ago backtracking here sorry and I didn't really think much of it I was like hmm, okay you know do 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 just kept going on my way skin was still atrocious I was still developing more food sensitivities I think in that apartment I ended up having to cut out about four to five different foods out of my diet because I was just severely reacting to them. So I wasn't really having like super major bloating like chronically like I was previously, but with certain foods like avocados and spinach, like I would instantly get bloated within 30 minutes. Little did I know that these were super high histamine foods and with having the histamine issues I was experiencing, it was totally making it to where I was not able to, you know, properly digest these foods. So my body was reacting. But anyway, so, you know, our clothes smelled musty. Um, and then about four to five months prior to us actually moving out, the black mold started to become visible in our guest bathroom and eventually started to spread to the other rooms. At this point in time, I wish I would have, you know, pursued trying to talk to the office more and probably pursue legal action. This company, my landlord was just, they're basically slumlords. They really did not care about the state of our apartment. They were just honestly there to collect a check and it was very evident. And at this point in time, just with being super stressed out with life, my job, and just kind of feeling like crap every day, I was tired all the time. I did not really sleep at all at night, which is actually a big sign of mold illness. Um, you know, in addition to the food sensitivities, all the gut issues, I just did not have it in me to fight this. So we ended up trying to find a new place to live, which is great. But just, you know, whenever the mold became visible, you know, and not just that one bathroom, but it started spreading to other rooms, it's, it hit home for me. I was like, that's it. Like I have mold illness. I was talking to my practitioner and I was letting her know. And she was like, honestly, this would explain why you have been super sensitive to everything we have, you know, given you to take for the parasites and all your meds, right? You know, mold is a very, very, very heavy toxin for the body. And a large chunk of the population cannot appropriately deal with mold. So for those who can't deal with mold, like me, you can experience a lot of symptoms like fatigue, urinary issues, like incontinence, urinary frequency, which with me having interstitial cystitis, these symptoms have started to flare back up again, but I didn't really make the connection that it was the mold. I just thought, okay, crap, maybe I need to go and have another bladder procedure done because I'd had a bladder procedure done in my early 20s and it helped give me so much relief with my bladder. Um, you know, the bladder issues, the fatigue, the brain fog, the gut issues, the skin issues. I mean, I was very, like, I very much so had the classic signs of mold illness in addition to all the histamine intolerance slash mast cell activation symptoms I was experiencing. 
the palpitations, the anxiety, like literally anytime I would go from sitting to standing, like my blood pressure would drop. Um, so these symptoms kind of mimicked POTS. Um, that's a condition where people will notice like, you know, increases in their heart rate with certain positions, like just little things like that. And it really just all made so much sense. So that was really why my skin had gotten to the place it did, right? My body was not able to appropriately detox from the parasites because of the fact that it was constantly being exposed to toxic black mold day in and day out. And another interesting thing that I do want to note, because so many people in the health and fitness space believe that the only way that you can gain weight is if you are eating too many calories a day. And I'm going to be the first person to tell you that I cannot stand this theory. It is 100% outdated and it has been proved time and time again to be not true. All right. And I am living proof that this theory is super outdated and has got to go. Am I saying that you cannot gain weight eating a surplus of calories and not moving your body? Absolutely not, because you 100% can. But guys, toxins can make you gain weight. And this is how this happens. If your body gets to a place where it's not able to appropriately detox and remove these toxins from your body, your liver is super congested, your lymph is super stagnant, your body can actually ship these toxins into body fat. So sometimes when people do have increased body fat, it's because of the fact that their body has a higher toxic burden. Your body will kind of ship these toxins into your body fat to deal with at a later point in time. And that's exactly what happened to me. I gained approximately 15 pounds living in this apartment. And I've always been a relatively leaner individual, so the weight gain didn't really bother me. I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I have a little bit of a bigger booty now. Um, but it was super interesting that whenever we moved, I actually started to lose the weight, eating the same amount of calories that I was eating a day. In fact, there were days at my old apartment that I was actually probably under eating. And not that I was trying to under eat, but when you have like a million and one food sensitivities, you're feeling tired, you're not really sleeping great at night, this can for sure have an impact on your appetite. So again, there were definitely some days where I was under eating and I literally did not lose weight at all. Like my weight literally maintained itself throughout the entire time that I was living there. And like I said, just within a couple weeks of us moving to a new home with no mold, I was able to start losing the weight. And I'm actually down about 10 pounds from, you know, the time that I moved on February 3rd to now. I'm recording this on the 20th of March. So just showing you how long it's been. It's been just under two months. And it's just been super wild to like actually see this theory be proved wrong. So if you're a health and fitness coach and you are listening, please take the time to acknowledge the fact that sometimes it's more than just eating a calorie surplus that's making your or could make your client gain weight this is so 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 important to note because so many health and fitness coaches that some that i even know personally will you know really just insinuate you know that somebody is gaining weight because of the fact that they're eating too many calories or they're not accurately tracking their food and again this can definitely happen, but there's so much more that goes into play with weight loss and weight gain than just calories in and calories out. 
So during this time, I'm losing the weight. I definitely started to experience some more intense detox symptoms whenever we first moved because I actually increased the dosage of the detox med that I was taking to help my body rid the mold. So that was to be expected, especially with me losing that body fat, right? Like those toxins are gonna have to get reprocessed through my body in order for my body to appropriately excrete them. So that was to be expected, but my skin started to clear up. I no longer have acne on every single part of my face. Yes, I've gotten some breakouts, kind of like I mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast, but honestly, my skin is like 80% better than it was. It's not constantly red or inflamed anymore, and I am so blessed and so grateful for this. I'm not striving for perfection here, and I'm honestly at a place, you know, when my skin does break out, I look at it as a sign that my body is trying to tell me something, trying to tell me that it needs a little bit more, and that's exactly what it has been doing. My gut is definitely not in a totally perfect spot. I definitely do know I still have some gut issues that I've been working on, but with being exposed to toxic black mold for three years, and honestly, I didn't mention this, but the apartment I lived in before my last apartment also had black mold. So I technically was exposed to mold for approximately seven to eight years nonstop. You know, I suspect that it's gonna take my body a little bit of time to bounce back. So I've definitely still gotten a little bit of acne. Most of it's been kind of in my jawline, kind of around my ears, which is a good sign that you are struggling with stagnant lymph. So if you're getting acne in these areas, really close to your ear, really deeply embedded in your jaw, it's not necessarily hormonal. It could actually be due to the fact that you have stagnant lymph, which is definitely something I've struggled with. I know a lot of my endo babes also struggle with stagnant lymph. So it's really important to make sure we are supporting lymphatic drainage. I know my, you know, lymphatic drainage system is definitely a little bit sluggish just from all the toxin exposure over the years, having endo, having rain nudes, which definitely plays a role in circulation. So I've really just been working to really optimize lymphatic drainage where I can through things like facial cupping, dry brushing, getting in the sauna. Sweating is a huge way to detox your body. And if you're not sweating, it's time to look deeper and figure out why you're not sweating because it's not normal to not sweat. But anyway, so my skin's in a place where it's approximately 80% better. And you guys, I'm really starting to feel like myself again. My sleep is still not 100% perfect, but it's in a much better spot. I have way less fatigue. I was able to add back in avocados. I was able to add back in spinach. I've been able to eat dairy. I think my body is still a little bit questionable about dairy just because I literally cut it out about five years ago. So I have gotten a couple pimples with eating dairy, but not like the the huge like cysts I used to get on my face. Like these weren't just cysts. Like I would get like almost abscesses on my face from eating dairy. So I will still chalk this up as a win, okay? So I say all this to say that healing your acne is it can be a rough journey and a very long one. And you really just have to be patient. You have to give your body grace and recognize that, you know, sometimes with healing, things are going to get worse before they get better, especially with your skin, right? Your skin, the acne, the, you know, the rashes, the whatever kind of skin issues you're having are a sign that there's inflammation somewhere in your body and your skin is manifesting that as a result. So I think it's really important to make sure that you are getting to the root of your issues, you know, working with a practitioner or a provider or somebody that knows and understands the importance of root cause work, because 
just giving somebody antibiotics, just giving somebody Accutane, spironolactone, these medications do not come without a cost. And if your acne is being caused by gut issues and you're taking antibiotics, this could actually make your gut issues worse. I've definitely seen this happen because when you're taking antibiotics, you're not just killing off bad bacteria, you're also killing off the good bacteria in your gut, which is needed to help make your gut strong and healthy. And gonna tell you this, which shouldn't really be a shocker, but most acne is not bacterial in nature. It's not. So just, you know, throwing an antibiotic into the mix to treat your acne might not make your skin any better. Okay. Also not saying that it can't, but it could actually make it come back tenfold. Okay. Because again, it is not a root cause approach to take these medications. All right. People can take the medications like Accutane, Spironolactone, and their acne can come back if the root of their acne has not been addressed. But to each their own, everybody do what's best for you. I'm not sitting here trying to shame these options. Everyone's got different reasons to you know, go for different treatment options, and that is more than okay. But for me personally, me working to target the root was the best approach for me and my body. So... I have been sharing some about my acne healing journey on Instagram. So if you're not already following me on there, give me a follow. I've definitely opened up and talked about this and I'm you know, excited to continue sharing more as I continue to work towards healing. Again, I really recommend working with a provider or practitioner or somebody who specializes in complex acne cases to help you determine if your acne is coming down to poor gut health blood sugar dysregulation, which was also a big one for me that I did not mention. I was also struggling with insulin resistance in the middle of all of this. You know, poor liver detox, stagnant lymph, parasites, mold illness, etc. Just because you deserve to get to that root. So my practitioner that I worked with specifically, I love her dearly. I'm still working with her as I'm still navigating through my skin and some gut issues that I've been experiencing. If you guys don't already follow her, give her a follow on Instagram, the underscore acne underscore NP. She is amazing. You can shoot her a DM, apply for a consult or a discovery call. I think she also has an awesome acne course coming out for teens, which is super awesome because so many young teens struggle with hormonal acne and they're just thrown on hormonal birth control. I did not mention this in this episode, but birth control is usually another option that is recommended to people to help treat their skin. Give her a follow if you're not following her already. She's a wealth of knowledge. And if you guys ever have any specific questions about acne, acne healing, gut issues, etc., don't feel ashamed to slide into my DMs. I love when people reach out and ask questions. I'm always here to help and connect with new babes. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode, and I will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.